Space Shuttle, this is Flight Safety. This podcast may contain adult themes and language. Listener discretion is advised. Please keep your hands and arms inside the vehicle while in motion. You are clear for launch. The following clip is from a podfic called Lake Kane, produced by L-Dubs, S.S. Leaf, and today's guest fanfiction podficker, Rambling Company. Day 41. Man, I barely passed English. I don't know what Dustin expects me to do with Russian. There is something, though, in the background. Like, there's this kind of sound, like... Like sawing wood with a handsaw, or nails on a chalkboard. It sounds familiar, but I can't quite figure out where I know it from. I really am going to lose it if I have to keep talking to yourself, Steve. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, Robin? Yep, it's me. Ta-da! The shaky hands really sell it. Applause in sign language, or jazz hands. Uh, cool. So, what's driving you crazy? Nothing, just this thing that my friend gave me to listen to. The child that's always radioing you? Dustin. Yeah, that's the one. He thinks... Ah, never mind. Oh, come on, Steve. You've got to tell me now. It's probably completely stupid. He, uh, so the other day, when he was trying to, like, point his radio dish the right way or something, he picked up on something else, and it's, uh, in Russian, and he's trying to figure out what they're saying. Well, I can't say I was expecting Russian translation to be the explanation for the headphones. How's it going? Not good. He's very smart, and he knows it, unfortunately, but he's apparently no good at this. And so you're helping? I'm trying to, anyway. But I'm no good at this either. Well, maybe I can take a look. Or listen. Oh yeah? You know Russian? No, but I speak four other languages, and I've been in band for twelve years. My ears are little geniuses. Alright. When we get to... Where are we going, anyway? There's another cache over here my aunt showed me. I think the Forest Service was planning to put in another crossing... Right down there where you wanted to complete the loop, and so they set up for it, and then had better success further upriver and abandoned it. And then, at some point, my aunt found this, I guess, and maybe intentionally messed up the trail a bit so people would think it ended sooner, 
And then she and her friends and Eddie's Uncle Wayne, I think actually for a couple of summers, would come down here and leave stuff for each other in this cache. She sounds fun. She absolutely is. There, see where the tree dips down? Yeah. She tied it down for a whole season while she was gone so that it would stay that way, and they hauled rocks over and stuff so it would look like the path just ended. Careful, watch your... Oh, I see it. Et voila. Cache number 236. The Trove. Uh, it's cool? It's just a supply cache. Uh, she did change the password on this one, though. And do I get to know what it is? Maybe. Wait, we aren't getting anything out of it? Already did, earlier. She showed me this trick. <laughs> I guess I have to follow her to learn this trick. Oh, shit. Oh, this is a really cool spot. I know, right? Great view and cozy with the tree like that. And here... Wet rope? Was someone, like, wading into the... What is... Oh! Oh, that's smart. Way to go, Buckley. You'd get a lot of points at a party with a move like that. Floating the beer to cool it. Wine. Sauvignon Blanc. Nice. Aunt Kathleen provides. Thank you, Aunt Kathleen. I also brought crackers, but I'm down to the last sleeve until we get our next batch of supplies. I'll do you one better. I have jerky and my last chocolate bar. Steve, you have chocolate? I was saving it for tonight. You're not half bad, Steve Harrington. To the north, south, east, and west four corners of the world, greetings from the wild, arid desert of the American Southwest. I'm your host, Chaos Blue, and this is the Fanfic Maverick Podcast. Today's guest fanfiction writer is Rambling Company. She's been a member of AO3 since 2014 and has 15 works posted there for fandoms like Transformers, Stranger Things, Batman, and many, many others. She loves knitting, drawing, painting, video games, hell yes, and is generally a person of many hobbies and a lover of cats. Her greatest and longest-lasting passion is fan fiction. Rambling Company, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. Welcome to FFM. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, I have to know, is your cat with you today? Is the cat yes, joining he is. us? So he is on the bed right now behind me. He was meowing earlier. I was worried he was going to be meowing through this. So I turned on the heated blanket to entice him to go to sleep. Well, you know what? I love animals. Pets of all kind are always welcome on FFM. So if he wants to give his opinions on fan fiction today, he is more than welcome to do so. We welcome that. Um, <laughs> it's all good. But of course, we want to know how you first discovered fan fiction. I love hearing about people's origin stories with that kind of a thing. So tell us all about how that happened and how did it feel? So I have been thinking about it, and what I think happened is my first experience with fan fiction was I was very young, like possibly still in elementary school, fourth or fifth grade, and because I know for a fact that I was into it before sixth grade. <laughs> so I was really young. 
I read this book called Poison Study, and I really, really loved this book, and I loved like the series that was in it, and I just wanted more. I wanted more of it, and so I, w- I went looking for more, and I found ff.net, found fanfiction.net, and there were actually a few works for it in there, and that was my first time, I believe, ever reading fanfiction, and I was like blown away. I was like, there's more? I found more? I read everything there was for it. It was really just excitement and joy, like there's more content for what I'm obsessed with and other people like it, liked it enough to create it and I can find it for free just searching. So I'm pretty sure that's what happened. It was just a, one of my first obsessive books. I, I think it was like fifth grade. Oh, now when you found fanfiction.net, do you remember, were you just typing the name of this book into like a search engine and then... FFN sort of like came up on accident for you? Or like, do you remember how you ended up like stumbling there? I have no idea how I managed. Like, I must have just been typing in like poison study and then like what I wanted. (laughs) And it came up. I don't know. That's how I used to find stuff. I remember like what I used to find stuff through Yahoo Answers all the time. I would type in exactly what I wanted. Like, I want this Naruto fanfiction like recommendations with Naruto and Sasuke and some random crap. And like a Yahoo Answers would come up with a bunch of recommendations. And that's how I would find stuff. Oh, man. Hey, that's fancy. I never <laughs> used Yahoo Answers for that. Now I wish it could come back so I could do yeah, an experiment. I was, I was sad when it disappeared. I was like, I used to find the best recommendations on there. <laughs> <laughs> but isn't that funny, though? I think it's so funny, speaking of that, how fandom people manage to take these tools that come out And we manage to do very fandom specific things for, you know, with them. And that's always like intrigued me and amused me to no end. (laughs) Yeah, it's like no matter what it is, what tool there is, we'll find a way to make it work for us. It's like, no, I want fan fiction out of this. I'm not going to ask some random question. I want to know what are the best time travel AUs in this fandom. (laughs) That's what I'm looking for. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly. It's so, yeah, it's so interesting how... We get fascinated by the new technologies that come up and everything. And then we're like, how can we use this in a fandom space? You know, (laughs) (laughs) I know it's like Discord came out and it's like Discord is for it's for video games and playing video games. And there's I found so many fandom spaces on there. It's completely just taken over. That's like all I use it for. (laughs) Exactly. I think that that's, you know. I know it's still used for video games and stuff, but man, you know, the fandom uses that we've come up with for it. Absolutely amazing. So so that's great that you found FFN. When you started reading fan fiction on FFN, did you understand pretty immediately that, oh, yeah, these are like original stories written by people on the Internet? Was that your basic understanding when you first got started with it? I think it was like I... I because I remember I would find ones that were unfinished and everything. I'd be like, what happened to the person? What happened to the person <laughs> behind this? And, you know, FFN is like very, it's infamous. The excuses and stuff that people would have on there, like, oh, I got hit by a car <laughs> and and I didn't write for five months, but here's an update and stuff like that. So it felt very, I, I knew that they were people and I always thought it was amazing. And I never thought that I would be able to do it. Like I was always so like amazed by these people and the fact that they were writing this for free for anyone to read and I could just find it. I was always just so blown away. Oh, that's awesome. That's so awesome. You know, I feel like I had those same kind of feelings too when I was younger, right? 
discovering fan fiction for the first time and reading it and being like, wow, people are so amazing and creative and they're so good at storytelling. I could never do that, but yes. it's cool that other people can, you know, and then I would just have a lot of fun uh, playing with everything that everybody else came up with. And that was really fun for me. Um, so I know that you have written fan fiction a little bit. Yes. At what point did it occur to you that you wanted to like try your hand yourself at writing something? The first time I ever wrote something, it was for, God, what was it for? It was for, it was on FFN. It was for um, Epic, the animated movie from years ago. And I got really angry at it because it was like, I got so mad because it was, it was very black and white where it's one of those things where it's like all about balance, except it's not about balance because they're very clearly on one side when it's like death is necessary. So why are you, why are they the bad guys? I feel like this should be about how they're both necessary. That's what I wanted it to be about. So I wrote a, like a really short fan fiction, like humanizing the bad side. So that's the first time I got into it where I was just, something made me so mad that I needed to, to fix it. <laughs> The power of spite compelled yes, you. the power of spite. I was like, this is ridiculous. I can't handle this anymore. I need something. <laughs> I need something oh, I that's showing it. the other side. And I didn't write anything else for a long time after that. I was still in like, I think I was in middle school or whenever that movie came out, I was still pretty young. And then the next time I wrote something, have you ever read anything in the Inception fandom? Yes, I, I have. I love the Inception <laughs> fandom. So much to this day. It's like my favorite, one of my favorite fandoms. I absolutely love that fandom. I wrote something for that. That was, and I thought that would go, I'd be like done. I wrote something for a short story for that. I wrote a short story for, for X-Men. That was another big one when I was younger. I loved the X-Men fandom, Charles and Eric. I wrote one short story and then I wanted to write a bigger, longer story for X-Men and it never happened. I wrote a chapter part of the next chapter never finished it and i thought that was the end again <laughs> i thought i would never do it and then 2020 came along this was several years after that so i kept taking year-long breaks where i was like oh, i can't do it <laughs> and then i i wrote something for avatar the last airbender and i wrote four chapters i think and abandoned it once again but that was the most I'd ever written. And I, all of a sudden I was like, can I actually like, is this something I would possibly be able to do? Because I wrote like 13,000 words and I was like, I did that? 13,000? 13,000 words. That's amazing when you think about that, right? Even though yeah. it's unfinished, there's nothing wrong with an unfinished work just being I out know. there. It's better to be out there. Wow. Right? And yeah, I was pretty shocked that I did that. And I never finished it, but I... I was surprised with how much I wrote. I really was. I didn't think that I was capable of it. And then I, my newest one, I got obsessed with with Stranger Things. And I wrote, they were short chapters, like 2,000 word chapters. And I wrote, I don't even remember how many chapters, but it's about 30,000 words. And once again, unfinished, haven't worked on it in a few months, but I cannot believe that I wrote 30,000 yes. words for something. I was like, 30, what the hell? 30,000. Oh, yeah. my God. So from 13,000 to 30,000. Holy crap. Yeah, I'm very slowly, like, getting longer and longer, still never finishing anything. But but the journey, though. Yeah, the journey is what's there. It is. And, like, people still enjoy it. I feel bad that it's not finished. But, like, that's my most popular work by far, um, the Stranger Things one. Is that a steady fic? It is, Yes. 
Yes. Okay. I thought so. Time travel AU. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Well, I always love to meet a fellow Stranger Things fan. So that's awesome. And I love this story, this thing that we're talking about right now, because, you know, and I'm guilty of this too, right? Where I finished my first piece of fan fiction just last year. Like that was this huge goal for me. And it was only like a little over 2000 words, right? But for me, huge deal, right? So I fall into this trap too of being like, can I actually do this? Because most of the time I just write little things in my Google Docs and they never get finished and I have a lot of fun doing it, but that's kind of where it ends, right? And I've had so many wonderful, beautiful writers that I've talked to over the last three years who have been so amazing to me and they have always said things to me like, It doesn't even necessarily matter if it's something that you were able to finish or not, or even if it was something you'd posted for everybody to see or not. Sometimes the artistic journey is what's the most important because you have learned something about yourself, Rambling, right? Yes. You have learned you can produce 30,000 words. Yeah, and I never thought, (laughs) ever, never thought. And I have spent, it's very new to me to be like actually in fandom like I was from the outside looking in for so long and I like joined a server for for a specific fan fiction on discord and that was the first discord server I ever joined and I was like terrified absolutely terrified of saying anything in that server of doing anything in that server and very slowly got into like actually saying things. And I joined more servers and then I started posting fan fiction. Then I started posting my voice and all of a sudden I'm like actually part of it. And it's crazy, absolutely crazy. And I didn't think I was capable of even that. So it's very much a journey of exploration of discovering what the hell I can do. (laughs) Yes, look at all the things that you've done and learned about yourself. That is so, so cool. Okay, so I feel like I want to ask you about that a little bit because that's really cool. I feel like a lot of us have had that experience. Certainly I have. You know, I spent most of my fandom life before 2020 on the peripheries of things. And to a large extent, I'm still on the periphery, but closer to where things are happening now. And I I kind of like that. But I love this, that you have like jumped headfirst into this whole fandom thing and you have found things there that you didn't have before. And learn things about yourself that you didn't know before. I'm just kind of curious about what that experience has been like for you. Like once you finally got the courage up, I guess, to start saying things (laughs) in the server, what was that experience like? Was it still scary? Did you have negative experiences? Were they all mostly positive? Like what, what did that look like? I didn't have like negative experiences, but I would turn them into negative experiences. I was so scared. I've had horrible anxiety problems my whole life. And I've had like issues. I was, I used to be scared to text people, like I absolutely terrified. And my friends, I couldn't text my friends. I was so scared to, to text anyone whatsoever. So just the fact that I can reach out on these, the fact that I can do it is crazy. But I would like say one thing in a server and flip out and be like, what if they're thinking this, 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 or this? And I would text my best friend be like, they hate me. (laughs) They hate me so much. They wish I would leave. And like, it was months of me very slowly building up the ability like, no, I've just said one thing and no one's going to be mean about it because I didn't say anything crazy. 
and slowly saying more and more until I felt like I was kind of part of the community. And it took me like a year to, to really get there. To really get there. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you joined like more servers and did it again. Yeah. yeah. And did it again where I was like, I can't say anything in here. This is terrifying. And now all of a sudden I'm running my own server for a project that I am running. And it's absolutely wild. Like two years ago, I would never in a million years have thought that I was capable of that Holy ever. Holy crap. So now you can look at your life now, right? Two years later and be like, I don't even recognize this. Yeah. What is this? You know? <laughs> and it's and it's so it's sad too because I've been so isolated my whole life, very bad with social interactions. And I've always like there are people who are like me in my life, my friends who are more active online, and it's always been like a very good thing for them. And I was always so scared. Like that was like a very personal phobia of mine, essentially. So I didn't think I would ever get that. And now I've I've finally done it. I've like broken in. And I have like a sense of community that I've never had before. It's very cool. Very cool. Because not only were you exploring yourself artistically all this time through fandom, but you've also been able to grow as a human being through fandom. Like, don't ever let anyone tell you people, people out there, that fandom is a waste of time. Okay. <laughs> yeah, never. It's that's right. That is not true at all. It's bullshit. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Look what you've been able to accomplish. I just want to sit here and like spend a second of our time celebrating that because I know I too have struggled with anxiety my whole life and I know what it takes to overcome that. I know what it takes to push yourself past the fear and do it anyway. And I want to sit here and just acknowledge with you like how amazing that is and just celebrate that. That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. It was it was a huge, absolutely huge thing for me. I, I still can't believe it to this day. I I like want to say to the rest of the people listening, like if you are in that boat, you can do it. You really can. I was terrified for years. And I've been in fandom since I'm 25 now. I've been in fandom since I was in elementary school. And only only like 2020, maybe like 2021, did I start to try to get into actually speaking to other people in fandom. And it's so worthwhile to talk to other people who have your interests and just start slow and you can do it. You really can. Yes. Start slow. I love that you included that little bit, letting us know that it took you a year. This wasn't some overnight, like snap your fingers and, oh, I'm good now. I'm confident. <laughs> I can talk to people. No, it took you a while and you kept going. It really did. And now look at you. You're doing all these podfix. You're on a podcast. You are working on some really cool audio projects that we're going to be talking about here today. Um, so I just think that's so cool. So cool. We can absolutely celebrate that and be like, wow. Yes. <laughs> I love that. So, you know, with you being in fandom for a while and having exposure to fan fiction for a long time, I love hearing people's like thoughts about fan fiction in general, especially people who have had exposure to it for a long time, because I feel like our, our thoughts and ideas on it do change and evolve as we get older, as we, you know, encounter different works, as we start, you know, diving into our own works and things like that, that can change perspectives as well. So I'm just wondering, like, what are your very favorite things about fan fiction in general? So my favorite, absolute favorite things about fan fiction, I would say is like, First of all, the informality, you know, anyone can write anything and it, there's no restrictions. Anyone can do it. 
And I also love the passion, like the lack, there's a lack of financial incentive. No one's making money off this. You don't need to worry about demographic. Like you don't need to worry that this is going to be profitable. You can write for a really small group of people. So you can write exactly what you want to say, whether it appeals to a wide group of people or not. And I think that the most passionate work comes out of that, that you would never be made for money because it's too niche or too you know, whatever to something. And it it would never be made if it wasn't being made out of just the passion that happens in fan fiction primarily. And I think that that's so beautiful and amazing. And it really lends itself to the best works that you can find when it's a, an absolute passion project. And the fanon. I love fanon. Like I talked about the Inception fandom earlier. Like the two characters that blew up in Inception are Arthur and Eames. And there's not that much to go on in the movie. There really isn't. And it's the fandom that made that pairing what it is. It's the the fanon of, like, they were both in the military and they met in the military. Like, all of that is fanon. And that's what made that fandom so spectacular was what the fandom made those two characters. So stuff like that is, like, you're not going to find that in somewhere else. Like, that's a very fan fiction-centered experience as far as I'm concerned, as far as I've seen. Yes, I'm fascinated by that. You know, when you were talking earlier about Inception fan fiction, I was thinking in my brain that um, I've always been a little bit surprised by that. I enjoy it, obviously, because I do read Inception fan fiction from time to time. And that is the pairing that you see most often. And I am so fascinated by that because usually you don't end up seeing a lot of fan fiction and fandom activity for a one-off movie. Yeah, very rare. There's like 20 things about that fandom that are very rare. It was like a one-off, that it was a one-off movie. It wasn't a series that the pairing that blew up was queer instead of like, like Arthur and Ariadne actually kiss in the movie. And that's not what blew up. Um, It was Arthur and Eames. So the fact how long lasting it was, how much fic was produced for it, it was, it's an absolutely amazing fandom. One of a kind. Yeah. And like you said, what a wonder that the whole fandom banded together and created a universe where one did not exist. Because, yeah, you did have to create all of these fanon details for these two characters. Because you're right. In the actual, like, canon movie, there's not much to go off of. So yeah, yeah, they're both minor characters. That's another thing that was so crazy about the fandom. is like, neither of those are the main characters. Those are side characters for you barely get any information. <laughs> like, they, only, they barely interact in the movie. And they have, like, one interaction that really like set people off and then the whole thing blew up from there and it's very strange and fantastic it's still to this day one of my favorite fandoms i love that fandom (laughs) i love that although like i do laugh a little bit about that just because that's such a fandom thing for us to take that one little one moment and be like yeah that one moment (laughs) i'm gonna write 100k about it exactly (laughs) exactly when i learned that the ginger pilot ship was like that it was just based off of one tiny little scene in star wars i was like floored by that like what are you talking about that's amazing and then here with inception same thing one little scene and people just ran with it and that's a beautiful thing that fandom does quite frequently and i love it (laughs) that's another reason i love the transformers fandom so much because it's like it's been around so long and it started like as just some way a way to sell toys so like there wasn't that much going on and the fandom is what really made it what it is today, by far. Like, the fandom is who really put the work in 
and imagining like, no, these are space robots fighting a war and war comes with heavy topics that we're going to explore in fan fiction that this like 80s cartoon for children never even got close to. And then it turned into like people grew up who were in the fandom and started creating for the fandom, which means that now you have these amazing comics and stuff that actually explore those themes that that never would have happened in the 80s. Like that's not what it was in the 80s. And the characters themselves, like there's so much fandom fanon stuff that became canon in Transformers. It's wild. Like I don't even know because I'm I came in fandom first and I haven't even like seen the source material. So I find out from other people like, oh, yeah, that's fanon. That was fanon first. And I'm like, what? Are you joking? <laughs> like, yes. I know that you've, you've read Mistakes on Mistakes. You know, Prowl's TACnet. That's fanon. <laughs> of course it is. He has a glitch. It's fanon. Like, of it's course bizarre. It is. Oh my god! Yeah, when I started talking to Transformers, you know, fan fiction writers, and they started telling me that, you know, I was like, "What? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, fanon became canon? Like, what?" <laughs> when I first found this, I was like, "Are you joking? This, you know, this is illegal. What's happening?" And it really does have to do with, like, the people who read it when they were young grew up and are now producing canon material. And it's so cool. Like, I think Transformers is a really, really cool fandom just for the fanon interaction, the fandom interaction. It's a cool fandom. Oh, absolutely. To see that relationship between those two things flourish and make Transformers become something it never could have became before all of this like, activity started happening with it. It's just, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. So speaking of Transformers, like I know before the show, we were talking about mistakes on mistakes until because we've, we've both read that. Yes. We both loved it and everything. And we were joking about that one, you know, tag trope. Um, what did I yes. say? Indulgent terror. Indulgent terror. Yes. Like still my favorite tag of all time. Like oh, yeah. that was so great. <laughs> um, so we know like my favorite trope obviously is <laughs> like, that kind of a thing. I'm wondering for you. What are the tropes you just can't live without and why? My like two top tropes absolutely are like enemies to lovers. I can't. I just love it. As you can see with Mistakes on Mistakes. And then also identity porn. I freaking love identity porn. Okay. I think I might know what that is. But like, what is that? So like that's a huge tag in like superhero kind of things where it's so like imagine you have Batman who is also Bruce Wayne, and Superman, who is also Clark Kent. And Batman and Superman interact in one way, and then Batman and Clark Kent meet, and they have their own dynamic. And then Superman meets Bruce Wayne, and they have their own dynamic. And then Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent meet, and they also have their own individualized <laughs> dynamic. So there's like this four-way thing going on where you can do a lot with that. You can mess with that a lot. And that's kind of where identity porn comes in. It's like indulgent on your your side where you're you just you know that these are all the same people and you're watching them interact with each other and you're like you guys are clueless <laughs> you guys are so dumb <laughs> so dumb like and and they have it's really cool to see them have such different interactions with each other even though they're, they're the same people depending on who they're pretending to be right because you've got that secret identity kind of yeah, aspect so it's, going it's on with it shenanigans i call it secret identity shenanigans is what the identity porn tag is all about and then that also comes up in mistakes on mistakes until because jazz is ricochet spoilers by the way but but jazz 
is Ricochet, and Jazz is also, big spoilers, Meister, and Jazz is, like, all these different people, and we kind of don't know that. This is a great is a great thing with that fic is that usually with that with identity porn throughout the entire thing there's a level of dramatic irony where we know we know who is who and so there's a level of us always knowing more than the characters but in mistakes on mistakes you weren't positive like you kind of think you're you're like this ricochet is probably jazz right because this is a jazz prowl fic and that's where this seems to be going but you don't know that for sure and then you don't know for sure it's meister there's lots of like hints going down until it's like there were a big reveal yes but that is like where it comes in where like that is also identity porn where prowl knows this person is ricochet but he's also jazz and he knows who jazz is and has communicated with jazz through notes and like the big reveal that he's meister like all of that identity porn i love it it's my absolute favorite crap (laughs) i love it so much and then obviously like character hurt comfort and stuff like i read a lot of dark stuff and oh, yes. I love them. The worse the angst, the better, as long as there's resolution. I can't do like hurt, no comfort, but. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. If there's not a comfort element in there, it's missing something. It's like the cake missing an important ingredient in it. it yeah. just It's not the same. Yeah, not I, can't, the same. I can't handle it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you on that. That's so great. That's so great. Yes. Okay. So we have some of the same taste. I love that. That's fantastic. Okay, so now talk to me about podficking because you've been podficking for a bit here and you're only the second podficker that we've had on the show. And I am so amazed by the whole concept of podficking. I know it's been around for a long time, but I'm wondering, like, when did you first encounter the concept of like podfic? I want to know what made you decide to start making podfic on your own. And then how long have you been doing podficking? So I think at the first time I really encountered podfic. I'm not positive about this. I don't know. I might have like found it other ways. But the first time it really had an impact on me was once again in the Inception fandom, shock of all shocks. I was in the Inception fandom. And that's around the time I started knitting. And I was like, I'm obsessive. So I was like in a knitting phase and I was knitting constant, constantly. But I wanted fan fiction because it's my longest love. I'm like, I need, I want to be reading fan fiction right now, but like, I cannot stop knitting. (laughs) Like, it's impossible for me to stop knitting at this moment, but I need to be reading a fan fiction. And I found this one podfic that was for like my comfort fic at the time, which was nothing to do today but smile. The only living boy in New York. I think it's what it's called by Jism. Oh, my God. Do you know that fic? I know the writer. I mean, I don't know know them, but oh, my God, have I read stuff by them. And I fall over dead every yes. single time I read anything Fantastic by them. Fantastic writer. Fall over dead. It's so good. Yeah. So that was my absolute favorite fic. It was about Arthur as a lawyer and he fucking hates his job. <laughs> he hates it so much. He's miserable. And across the street is a coffee shop where Eames runs a coffee shop and like it also sells baked goods. And Arthur like goes down to the coffee shop and he's a miserable and he needs so much caffeine and him and Eames kind of hit it off. And then Arthur starts like there's a secret where Arthur stress bakes. And so he'll come in. He like stress bakes over the weekend, comes in with all of this stuff. And he's like, Eames, could you sell this? Like you can sell this, right? Like I don't need all of this. These brownies. Okay. (laughs) There's like 20 batches. I don't need it. And it's a whole thing where Arthur, like, learns that he doesn't have to stay in this job. Just It's like the sunk cost fallacy. He's like, I went to school for it. I spent all this money. 
I've been working on this as like my life goal. And he learns like he can let that go and he doesn't have to be fucking miserable his whole life. I'm sorry, am I allowed to swear? Of course you are. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. So he he learns he doesn't have to hold on to that his whole life. And that was my comfort fic. Absolutely loved it because I've always been terrified of being miserable. So, you know, spoke to me on a deep level. And I found a pod fic for it by Penny Plainnitz, who still to this day does pod fic. And I loved that was the first time I really remember listening to a pod fic. That was the first time I remember it. And I used to listen to it over and over while I knit. And I didn't at the moment think that I would ever do it. I just was like really glad that it existed. It was very helpful and free at the time. I got to listen to my favorite fic and do what I was obsessed with. So I I love that. And it was cool. I It was the first time I noticed how different each person's interpretation of the writing can be because I had read this fic over and over in my head. So I had a very like the cadence and stuff was very ingrained in my head of how I read it. And then to listen to Penny Plainnitz read it, I was like, all of the intonation and stuff was different. And I was like, wow, like it's it's slightly a different story. Like it, it made me realize that it really is a transformative process. It's a transformative work. Everyone reads the material differently. There really is a lot of room for interpretation that you don't think of at the moment. And Podfic really brings that out. There is a lot of interpretation just in reading something. So yeah, that was the first time I, I, I realized all of that. And then 2020 comes along. This is many years later. And I started writing that Avatar The Last Airbender fic. And I was like, I kind of want to pot fic it for myself, like make my own pot fic for my own work, because I remember how different the interpretation can be. So I was curious, like I wanted to put out my full interpretation of the work. Like I wrote this and this is how I imagine this stuff being said. I was very interested in that and being able to put out like exactly what I was envisioning. That's when I bought this cheap microphone and I actually did record some of it and I never ended up posting it because again, I never ended up finishing this fic. (laughs) So I didn't end up posting at that time, but that's the first time I ever attempted to make a pod fic. So that was the first time. (laughs) Oh my God. But yeah, but even if you never posted it, I mean, just the experience of learning how to record something, you know, how to read something into a microphone. Did you end up doing any, like, um, editing on it? I think I did edit, like, the first chapter. So I think I I read the first chapter, edited it, and then I was like, once I get five chapters in, I'll start posting the podfic. And then, you know, I never got five chapters in, so I never started (laughs) posting the podfic. But I I did a little bit. That was my first experience with Audacity, with ever recording something. And then um, I have been doing Podfic, I believe, now, like around two years and posting or not posting. I started with another fic that you've – it was the Discord that I joined, another fic that you have interviewed the person. I um, – very first, I started recording Pacify by Chicken Pets. I have the first five books of Pacify recorded and it's not posted anywhere except you can like access it through – the Discord, I put it up for people who wanted to listen to it. But that's the first thing I ever really recorded. So if you like listen to my first work that I posted, published, which is Johari Window, the quality is like miles better than the first book of Pacify, which is never posted. So it's kind of like I skipped all of the growth on my AO3 account and like went in looking better than I should. because Like that's not how I started. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay, though. You got some experience under your belt. Yeah, I got lots of experience. And like, I would never want to post that now without redoing it or something. So like, because it's like, I forgot that I even had a microphone. 
for the first. So like the first three books are recorded without a microphone, just like with my computer's microphone. Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. So it's horrible quality. But I, I learned so much doing that. It was and also I'm scared to post that because it's so much smut. <laughs> and it was like the <laughs> first thing I read. So I was like, I would be terrified. It's like scary posting smut to the internet for people to listen to. <laughs> so, and there's that's so heavy. I will say I have those same thoughts, you know, because I do the recording for every guest that comes on. And I, to this day, I don't believe I have ever chosen a smut scene for that recording. <laughs> yeah. Not because I think there's anything wrong with smut. It's one of my favorite things that exists in the universe. But I just don't think I would be able to say it out loud with a straight face in a way that would be <laughs> Yeah, it's acceptable. hard. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. yeah, and I have no confidence. Like, I, I don't know if my reading of the smut scenes is good or not. Like, I have no clue. And it's like, that's a very... It'd be, that's a, that would be an embarrassing thing to post and have people be like, I'm not so sure if that was good. And like you have to make noises. I'm like, I don't know. That's a lot. <laughs> Can you imagine doing like, yeah, sound effects for I'm, that kind of a scene? Oh my like, God, I don't even no. know. They're actually, I saw something on one of my podfic <laughs> discords of someone who was like, who did do sound effects, like with lube and like did sound effects. And I was like, oh, oh God. my God, I oh could God. never... Yeah, I have not gone into that. Like, I've actually I've posted some smut scenes. Like, Johari Window has like two or three, I think. But it's yeah, also a two hundred k fix. Like, that's not the majority. God. So, well, kudos to the people who can do it. Yeah, good. Good for them. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't think I could do it. It sounds like it's kind of a struggle for you too. It is it's so funny. Like, you get into the moment, and it's not that much of a struggle because I'm like, I read really fast. I'm a speed reader. And because I, and the more into the story I am, the faster I'm reading. And if you're like reading a smut scene that's been built up to in the text, it comes out very naturally, but I don't have confidence in how it actually sounds. But like reading it is out loud is fine in the moment. And then I look back on it and I'm like, is this any good? I don't know. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not hard to read, but it's like, it's hard to post. It's hard to be strong enough to actually post it. Yeah, no, I hear Especially you. Because you don't get that much feedback. You don't get that much feedback on Podvex. And so like I have no like direct feedback on those scenes. So I have I don't know what people think of them. Exactly. To be like, is this kind of what people were expecting? Is this not? Is it yeah. I totally hear you on that. Yeah. So okay. So you've been doing like Posting Podfix, it sounds like, for the last two years. So it sounds like 2021, 2022. I think I can even say, hold on. I could even tell you exactly. I have a, <laughs> you know what's really fun with Podfickers is that they love their spreadsheets. Oh, of course. Of course. You have to stay organized somehow, you know. Yeah. They absolutely <laughs> love their spreadsheets. So I got, I went crazy in, so 2022 is when I really started recording. Okay. Okay. In May of 2022. That's right. 2023 is over. Yeah, I know. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're right. Like the last two years would have been 2022 and 2023. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, oh my God. I went absolutely nuts. I recorded 255,000 words in May of 2022. Just nuts. in May? Just in May. <laughs> it was insane. I was going, oh I was recording God. like, I, I didn't have a job at the time. I recorded like five chapters a day. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, I have to tell you like how impressive that sounds to me because I only do maybe six 
you know, if I'm lucky, maybe six minutes worth of a recording. And that's like challenging for me. I, you know, have a hard time with it sometimes. So I am so impressed by the folks that can just belt out chapter after chapter after chapter reading out loud. That's amazing. It was quite the time. I'm so I'm bipolar. I was quite manic and I was like in a creative mode. I was going like crazy. I usually cannot do that. That was like the the exception. That was the most I've ever produced at once in Pothic. Like the the next year, 2023, was much more reasonable. Still not super reasonable. There were some times where I was like, no, I'm I'm recording 70,000 words this month, okay? But that's a lot. So I don't know how I possibly did 200,000 in one month. That was insane. That's insane. Yeah. But you did it. I did. I don't know how. That is incredible <laughs> Looking back, me. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah, that's amazing. And you've done some really long works. I mean, mistakes on mistakes until that's a long, long work. That's 200 something thousand words. And it's going to be 75 chapters. Currently 65 are out. And I have made it to chapter 19. I've yeah. So (laughs) and the work is already seven hours long. Yeah, you've got a ways to go there. Yes, I do. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's amazing, though. Like you can just hear the passion in your voice when you're talking about this whole thing. Like you love it. There's something about this that you absolutely love. I can tell you. I really like fan fiction really is my deepest love. And the fact that I can't always produce writing, like sometimes I'll get 30,000 words out, but that's far and few in between. This is something that I can do consistently. And that's like huge for me, something that I I can keep doing. And I'm, I'm like actually contributing to the fandom and posting something that, and I can do it consistently and I'm really passionate about it and I can extend the reach of my favorite fanfics. So it's like, it's huge. Yes, you've discovered this talent, you know, because you're really good at this. So you've discovered this thing that you're good at, that you're passionate about. And you're like, I can totally use this to, you know, contribute. And at the end of the day, that can't be understated, I think, especially I I think that's interesting coming from your perspective of somebody who was on the periphery for so long. Yes. And now you find yourself deep into these fandom spaces and part of something. And of course, you want to contribute to that something. So you have found a way to do that in a way that resonates with you. And I think that's beautiful. It's really changed my life. It's like I, my it's my passion at this point. It's like I have a job that is like very much just a job. I actually like it. Um, I do data entry. I think it's really fun. <laughs> Most people would not agree with me on that. But I have like a nice side job that's super, it's not super stressful. And then this is like my purpose. This is like what I enjoy doing the most. What I, this is what my life is about. <laughs> At this point, it's just producing Podfic. Okay, so I am curious about this part of the whole Podfic thing. So I was thinking about this the other day as I was thinking about different things I wanted to ask you about. And I was thinking that when fan fiction writers get started writing a new project, right, they have certain things they have to consider. Character development, plot, pacing, different things like that, right? They have all of these things they have to consider. But as a pod figure, you get to come in and the work is it's written. Done. It's done, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to consider those things because they've already been considered and worked out. But I am sure that as a pod figure, when you come into a new project and you're starting to plan it and get started on what you need to do with it, that you have your own set 
of considerations and things that you need to think about when you start a new podfic project. So I was wondering, like, what are some of those important things that you consider and think about when you start a podfic project? Well, first off, there's like the most important thing that you start with is do you have permission? <laughs> like that is the biggest. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> you absolutely like it's a huge thing in the podfic community is respecting people's wishes. If if they don't want their work podfic, then we're not going to podfic their work. And so you have to go out of your way to ask the creator, would you like a podfic made? Is that something you're open to? Or you see like, do they have a blanket permission statement? Like we call them BPs and they'll have it in their, what are they called? The profile. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In the profile. If they have a blanket permission statement in the profile saying that transformative works are okay, then you can just go ahead and do it. And if not, you need to get permission. And that's like, that in, in itself, it's insane that I am comfortable. Like, that's something I, I never would have thought I, I would be able to ask people. Like, I used to be terrified of leaving comments. Absolutely horrified. And now you can just reach out and be yeah, like, Yeah, be like, hey. do you want a podcast? <laughs> yeah. Yes. So huge yes. growth there. And then you have to think of the time commitment. Like, how long is this fic? Because I tend to read, I'm like, a, I think in the minority, I don't read a lot of short fics. Like most people who do podfix, they start with like 2,000 words or less and they do like these short one shots. I barely read one shots. I read long fix and that's what I'm most passionate about. And that's what I want to podfix because that's like I only want to podfix for the most part the fix that like changed my life. And I'm like, I want I want to read this out loud. I love it so much, which tends to be really long fix. So the time commitment is something to think like how – like the first one I posted was Johari Window. That one is like 250K and it ended up being 20 hours. So I was like I should consider that. I kind of don't. <laughs> like that's on the list of something you should consider. I ignore it and I just do it. <laughs> <laughs> and then otherwise in like the creative process, you have to consider stuff like the POV switches – is there anything that will be difficult to transfer from a visual to an audio medium? Like they're very different mediums. And that's stuff that comes up in Mistakes on Mistakes that we talked about. There's a lot of information that you can see visually that translates. You have to do some creative interpreting to get that into an audio medium. And that depends on like how much editing is going to go into that. So if there's something that has a lot of weird stuff that's going to be hard to translate and you aren't up for heavy editing, you probably shouldn't do that work. But if you are up for it, it's fun. I recommend it. <laughs> it's fun to figure out the puzzle. And then also differentiating the characters. Like if there are POV switches, when I'm reading for Mistakes on Mistakes, it, it switches from Jazz's POV to Prowl's POV. And I read it differently even when they're not speaking, depending on whose point of view it's in. So like Prowl, his internal monologue sounds different than Jazz's does. You have to think about that. And like some people do a lot of character voices. You have to consider that if you're going to do that, especially depending on the writing style. Like if someone doesn't use a lot of tags like to say who's speaking, then you you have to be careful because if you read those all in the same tone of voice, people might get confused. So that's like a writing style thing that you have to consider. And the pacing, I suck at considering the pacing. I am a speed reader. I am like scared <laughs> about it. Like, so to give an example, because <laughs> I have my spreadsheet up right now, Johari Window, I read most of those chapters 200 words per minute. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
Damn. Like, <laughs> yeah. And like most people who do potfic, they're like, yeah, I aim for like 130 words per minute. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> You're like, don't hold me back. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. you can't. And the thing is, like, I, I've, I'm really nervous about that. But I, I do think that it's not as huge a deal as I'm scared it is. Because, you know, there are like a lot of people who put like audiobooks on 1.5 speed. Oh, yeah. I'm reading for those people, okay? <laughs> That's who I'm reading for. And I am very slowly slowing down slightly. So it's like progress, it's very slow progress. Like the most recent chapters of Mistakes, I've read like 170 words per minute. That is like a huge accomplishment <laughs> for me. You're like, I slowed it down by 30 words. I did. Okay, that's huge. <laughs> so great. That's so great. I love that, though. I love that. Do you find that as you're like preparing to do like to sit down in front of that mic do you find yourself making notes and things like on these works and all these chapters for yourself that you can reference later? I do not. I, I know that there are people who do. And the smart thing to do with these is to read the chapter first, to refamiliarize yourself with it. And then you're probably going to make less mistakes when you go through. I tend to not do that. And I just go in. You just raw dog it. You just sit I down do. and read. <laughs> I do. I just sit down and I'm like, I'm reading this one tonight. Yeah, so I make a lot of mistakes. And like my editing process is probably so much slower than the majority because the slower you read, the less mistakes you make. Like, first of all, just right off the bat. And then if you've reread the chapter recently, the less mistakes you're going to make. I read so fast I don't, and I don't reread the chapter. I'm making a lot of mistakes. And I'm rereading like stuff that I didn't make mistakes in because I want the tone to be different. I'll read a sentence and then get to the tone indicator at the end and be like, that did not match. And then I have to redo it. A lot of people edit as they go. I make so many mistakes that that's just not okay. Like, I can't. <laughs> and also, sometimes I, like, think that I did something, like, not great and I do a retake. And then when I'm going back through and listening through, I'm like, no, I did that better the first time. I would be deleting all that stuff if I was trying to edit as I go along. So I'm, like, I'm glad I don't. But it, it is an intense editing process. I have to really pay attention when I'm editing and I have to re-listen to that entire thing and then re-listen several times getting like pieces together. Like my editing process is hard. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like that is a time-consuming portion of the process for you. I did want to ask about your process, you know, because I'm always curious. Some people, you know, people do it all kinds of different ways, right? Like I think uh, Riley Rocks, when I was talking to her about her process, she was like, yeah, I edit as I go and other people do it differently. Um, so it sounds like you you get permission from the writer and then, you know, you start considering these different things that you need to consider when you go into the whole project. And then it kind of sounds like you just kind of sit down and <laughs> yeah, I just sit down and recording. I do it and I go for it. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm assuming from there you would move on to the editing process, right? Yes. There's also like setting up the space. Some people get really intense with setting up the space, putting up blankets on the walls and like covering their space with blankets to get rid of echo and stuff. And I don't do too much of that. I would like to start doing it more now that I'm like, I always like didn't, I didn't think that I was going to get this intense when I first started. So I didn't, I was like, oh, I'm just doing like, it's not going to be that great. And now I'm I'm doing so much that I'm like, I kind of want to make it the best I can. And so I'm, I'm interested in looking more into like making my space 
good to get rid of echo, get a better microphone, do all that stuff. Right. All of those little things that we start thinking about as we go along, like, oh, I could improve this. I could improve that. Yeah. I remember I started recording this podcast in my closet because it was the only place I could think of where the echo would be dampened by the clothes yeah. hanging. Yeah, a lot of people do that. <laughs> they do pot fix in their closet. It's a good space. I'm like, if I had, a, if I was doing it on a laptop, that's probably what I would do. But I have like a desktop, so I have to stay here. <laughs> you know, I have heard other podcasters say when they're in that same position and they're like, I can't move my computer. They actually take a blanket and they throw it over yeah. themselves and the mic. I've considered doing that. I'm like, I kind of want to do like a short, something short and try to try that out and see how it works. I'm curious. I'm like, especially it's winter right now. Like I'm cold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this would be a terrible idea to do in the summertime. Um, but uh, definitely worth trying out in the winter, at least. Although I think I would get claustrophobic after a while. It would be hard to breathe under there. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like am. I love being under like I love being in like little spaces. The little cozy spaces. So I would there be all go. for it. So you just make your blanket for it and then try it out and see what happens. That would be so great. How long do you think it takes you to to edit these? Because you were saying that that's a pretty intense process for you. Oh, my God. It takes it depends. But like probably the time, the length of the recording plus a half. And with my long chapters. So the last chapter of Johari Window is two hours. It's like two and a half hours. I think it was like 30K. So that took so long to edit, so long. <laughs> yeah, I would I would say the length of the of the piece, and that's like the length of it before I cut out audio. So, as an example, I have the raw length of all my recordings and the edited length like down, and then I also have the percent of audio cut because I'm curious to see like, am I slowly making less mistakes? Which I am, thankfully. <laughs> so I I end up cutting about thirty percent of the audio. So 30% of what I've recorded is mistakes, and I cut it. So a 30-minute chapter starts out at like 45 minutes. Oh, and then you end up shaving about 15. Yeah, shaving a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing, though. That's amazing. That actually is pretty average then, I think, as far as like post-production editing goes. That's kind of the rule of thumb, at least in the podcasting world it is, you know, time and a half. Yeah, my earlier chapters were like 40, 45 percent, and I've gotten a little bit lower. So progress is being made. <laughs> yes, yes. And it is. It's all about that progress and everything. I love that. That's so cool. So like when you look at your entire process from beginning to end, like what part of it do you think would be your favorite part? My favorite part is recording emotional scenes, like emotional confrontations. I love it. I love it so much. I cry during it because the, the reason that I love fan fiction so much and like the reason I, I read fanfic is to feel things like I can be a very repressed person. I don't let myself feel a lot of stuff. And if I want to feel, I find an intense fan fiction with a lot of angst and I read it and then I cry <laughs> and then I feel better. So reading those, it's very cathartic to read those emotional outbursts out loud like very cathartic like johari window again spoilers has it's a, it's about the red hood so jason todd the second robin and dick grayson the first robin and they're in a, they end up getting together but once again identity shenanigans dick grayson does not know who the red hood is and the big reveal of that is like 
Jason Todd yelling at Batman. And that scene was so cathartic to read. It was fantastic. I loved reading that. Like, I hope people like that because the emotion in my voice is very real. I love reading those those things so much. That's so awesome. You know, we're so alike in that respect as far as like loving to read emotional fan fiction. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's where like the dark fanfic comes in. Like you get put through the ringer when you read those with what you feel. Yes. And I so relate to that whole thing of like, Mm, I'm not a super like emotive person in my real life, but right, but yeah, but I read fan fiction and cry about it. Yes, so exactly, that's where my feeling comes out. Yes, your emotions can come out, and even somebody else putting those emotions into words. Yes, yes, there's something magic about that. At least for me, where it's like. I don't think I could have ever said it in this way, but it's yeah. perfect. And it's exactly what I've experienced and feel. And it's it's so amazing and validating to read it. That's why I also I love fan fiction that deals with like low self-esteem issues because I've always struggled with that. And like characters that like really do not like themselves. Like I love, love reading that stuff so much because it hits so personally. Yes, yeah, same, same. Oh my God. Okay, so question for you then. When you're reading those emotional scenes, do you find them, I know you find them cathartic, but do you also find them challenging then, just being more muted on the emotional side yourself in real life? No, I really don't. Like, I find them, because I, I, I get so into it. Like, that really, like, those scenes really, like, take me away. They really, like, just bring me out of myself. And it's like, I have a secret actor hidden in me who never came out in the real life because I could never stand on a stage in front of people and like my social anxiety was so severe. And so like that's been hidden in me all this time. And now it's like coming out with Potvik where I, those really emotional scenes, they come out really naturally for me. I hope that they're like, I hope they come out good because like it feels good coming out. It feels very raw and I just love them. I love it so much. I'm surprised that it, it isn't harder for me, but like I rarely I, I rarely make mistakes when I'm that in, when I'm doing those things because I'm so intent that like I make almost no mistakes. I'm going straight. I read really fast and I read it like it's happening. Wow. So you are just in this really intense artistic zone when you are focusing on those intense emotional scenes, it sounds like. Yes. I love that. I love like the duality of that, actually, you know, <laughs> where it's like, hey, it's hard for me to express these things in real life. But like, here's an artistic way I can say all the things I've always wanted to say. Yes, yes. But it's in this artistic way. And it's this character saying it, not me. Yeah, it's the character. It's not me. I'm not feeling these things. It's the character. <laughs> Yes, but that's like the magic of art, right? Yes. In a way, we are pouring ourselves into these projects, whatever they may be. So you are able to draw somewhere from this well of emotion that you have that may be repressed. You know, we all do that with our emotions, you know. But yeah, like as an artist, you are drawing from that well and you're doing it in a way that is like, you know, it's healthy and it's, uh, I don't know, like creative and just so interesting. I'm fascinated by that. That's Yeah, cool. it really, it draws something out of me. It really does. And it's funny because like my parents are both, like they both majored in theater. Like I come from like 
dramatic theater people and I never showed any of that growing up like at all and now I've like found this found this which like completely brings it out of me and I'm like I actually do have that in me somewhere and it's intense and it definitely like I get into the to emotions that I don't let myself feel and that makes it all the more visceral when it comes out and really helps I hope with reading it out loud that I don't feel those very often and this is like my outlet yeah Okay. Uh, do your parents know that you do these podfics? Yes, they do. I don't think they've, they've never listened to it, but they know I do it. And they're like, they've kind of really come around in it because I, I've seemed to love it so much. It's, it's lasted two years. They're like, I've told them I was going to do this. They're really excited. They want to listen. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you go ahead. I hope you don't find out anything you don't want to know. <laughs> you're like listen at your own peril yeah people. listen at yeah. your own risk <laughs> that's so funny that's so great though i love that what a what a piece of background right that your yes. parents both have this like theater background you are carrying that tradition forward just in your own unique way yes i love it i like have realized through this that i probably really would have loved acting if i had been like not so terrified of humans. <laughs> and this is like a great way to do that. Like I get to act and let out all these emotions that I don't usually let myself feel. And you know, by myself, I am still by myself. There's no one around me judging me. I let people listen to it afterwards, but I just don't think about that too much. <laughs> yeah. It's performing on your own terms, basically. Because yes. yeah, you're kind of in the safety of your own space and nobody's like watching you or standing over <laughs> your shoulder yeah. <laughs> there's no audience like staring at you you know so yeah i can totally totally see that i was wondering just because you have enough podfic projects under your belt at this point i was wondering like which one has been your favorite so far my absolute favorite is my least popular one the one that has the least amount of views <laughs> my favorite is absolutely lake kane which i did for pod together which is like it's an event that happens in the summer where you get paired with a writer. So the writer is writing specifically for it to be turned into a podfic. And that was a huge step for me to, that's the first fandom event I've ever participated in. And I always like, you know, when I was still on the periphery, I would see like the big bangs and stuff and be like, how do people get involved in these? It's like, these are so cool that like fandom is like making events and creative events and I always thought it was so amazing, and I never thought I would participate in one. And then I did. I did pot together, and I got paired with strangers. Another thing, I was like, this is going to be scary. And my group was amazing. I got paired with SS Leaf. Absolutely fantastic. We had so many amazing discussions. And L Dubs, who did an amazing, like, they did a ukulele cover of a song. It was so cool. And Lake Kane, they played Eddie. That group was fantastic. The whole experience was amazing. And Lake Kane ended up being a completely, like, we did it in radio format and then, like, a, a radio play format is what Leaf wrote it in because we wanted to lean in to the, like, making this for an, an audio medium. So, like, we didn't want to just write a fic and then turn it into a pot fic. We wanted it to be, like, one cohesive thing. Like, this was actually made to be audio. This wouldn't work if it wasn't audio. So we made it completely soundscaped and... And we also wanted to lean into that. That's why we did something that relies so heavily on on walkie-talkies because we wanted it to like only work in an audio format and for it to be very obvious in an audio format. So that's why we have 
so heavily relied on that. So yeah, that's my absolute favorite work. It has a lot of editing in it, a ridiculous amount. It took me so long. I did all the editing for it too. Like I took that all on myself. And I was like, don't even worry, guys. Like if you have an idea and you think it's probably too intensive, tell me it. Like I will try <laughs> my best. There's like this, there's this one scene where Steve is running and he's listening to something on a cassette. He's listening to like, I don't remember. I don't remember the artist, but he's listening on a cassette tape and the cassette starts to fade. Like it's the battery starts to die. So I had to mimic. First of all, I had to make the sound sound like it was coming out of headphones and that it was on a cassette tape. Then I had to make the sound slow down as though the battery was dying, like very slowly fade out into like a weird distorted version of itself. So that was a whole thing. <laughs> that was intense trying to figure that out. But I love how it turned out. But yeah, that's kind of editing crap. <laughs> how did you manage that? I'm so curious to know, like, what effects did you use to achieve that sort of sound? That's amazing. <laughs> it was like, I don't remember exactly what I did because I don't think I used, there are like presets in Audacity. And I think I, I used like maybe like the fuzz box one or something to make it kind of fuzzy. And I, I did like some editing to the, to the music, like before I put it into the rest of my fic to make it sound like it was coming out of a cassette. And I think I might have added like very, very sh like small bit of static. And then I ended up messing with the timing of like sections of it when I added it to the full piece. And I made it kind of like skip a little bit. So like it would slow down a little bit, then go back to normal speed, slow down. And then it would like really dramatically slow down until it was like stopped. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a work of art. Just that one little like audio trick to make it sound that way. That's amazing. Yeah, I like I consider that whole piece like my magnum opus of editing. It's like it was so much <laughs> like there's one part where Steve and Robin are walking together and Robin walks over a bridge, a wooden bridge first, and then Steve walks over the wooden bridge and then they go back onto a dirt road. And in the background, there's, you know, a river sound. And so I had to like slowly get the river sound to start while they're not near the river, get louder and louder until they're at the river, then like fade away. And then I simultaneously had to change the footstep steps to sound like they were on wood with Robin going over the wood first. So wooden footsteps going first and then Steve getting wooden footsteps and then translate them back into on dirt. And so it's like there were so many moments like that in that that fic that were just so intense. It was so much fun. The level of detail is what I'm amazed at here. Because like you decided like, no, we're not going to skip over that little detail. Yeah, no, I was like, nope, we're going for it. Yeah, 100%. we're going for it. <laughs> That's why I'm so surprised that Late Kane would be the one that you don't have as many views on or like your least popular, quote unquote. Because when I was listening to it, I could tell like, holy shit, there are so many sound effects here that must have taken a thousand years to work out. I say it's like the least popular because it has the fewest amount of hits, like it barely has any hits. But then if you, it's probably my most popular if you compare like how many views compared to how many bookmarks and compared to how many comments, that's probably like the highest. Like I have like 10 bookmarks on that piece and it only has like 200 something views, I think. So like the proportion of bookmarks and comments to views, I think is the highest of of all of my works. It's well earned because like it is 
I've never heard anything like that before in the pog faking world. And I was just like blown away and amazed. So you guys did a phenomenal job. After I was done listening to it, I was sort of wondering if the audio drama format, is that like a popular thing that we see in pod faking a lot? Or is that sort of like a maverick thing that not a lot of people are doing with pod faking and fan fiction? It's something not that many people are doing. It is something that people do. And but it's like it's for the people who are really in it. Like, like, not that many people get that in depth with the audio drama stuff. And we were really inspired by audio dramas. Like, SS Leaf sent me a link to, uh, like, an audio drama of episode one of Star Wars that was really cool. And that was, like, our inspiration. So we were really drawing on it. And I've heard of other soundscaped fics. I don't actually consume that many pod fics, is the thing. I mostly read fanfic. I don't listen to that much fanfic, which is weird since I'm a potficker, but like I don't, I really don't listen to it that much. I just, it's like what I like to create, but it's not necessarily what I mostly consume. So I haven't listened to many other, like I know that they exist, that there are other soundscaped works, but I haven't listened to them. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> it just sort of blew my mind that, you know, you guys did this fan fiction audio drama, that it was written specifically for that purpose. And it just like, opened me up to all of these possibilities of like, oh my God, you mean that like, this is a whole new thing that could really blow up if we wanted it to. The whole fan fiction audio drama thing. Because um, we were talking before the show about how cool the concept of audio dramas even are in the first place. Yes. It's such a vintage, back in the day, old school kind of concept. They were really popular when the radio first came out. People did audio dramas all the time. Yes. And it's a whole medium that's been lost. Yes, the whole medium has been lost to the ages. And it's like, I can just almost imagine this amazing resurgence of that in the fandom spaces because you can get really creative with it. And that would just be amazing. I would love to see more of that audio drama sort of concept in fandom spaces. I think that'd be really cool. Yes, that would be really, really cool. <laughs> Speaking of like projects and things. I don't want to get out of here before touching on uh, the project that you're currently working on because you have taken these skills that you've learned these past couple of years and you are sort of transferring them into this new project that you're doing along with other podfig projects I'm sure that you're still working on. But it sounds like you are getting a group of people together to do Ian Johnston's translation of The Odyssey. Which I think sounds amazing. I want to know more about this project. So I wanted to give you a couple of minutes to talk to us about this. Like, who came up with this idea? How did you get involved with this? What are the steps involved? Like, what's going on with it? This sounds so cool. Yeah, so I, I recently got really obsessed with the musical Epic, which is a, it's a, a um, retelling of the Odyssey. And it's absolutely phenomenal. It's a phenomenal musical. I love it. And that kind of like translated into getting more interested in the Odyssey itself and looking into different translations because I wanted to read it. And I found this really cool website that is by Ian Johnston that like shows you a list of all of the English translations that he can find of the Odyssey and actually gives you like an excerpt of the beginning of each one. So you can like compare and contrast the um, translation style. And I was like, wow, this is fantastic. This is perfect. And then I realized that he had done his own translation. And I was like, well, obviously, I need to check that out. Like, you clearly have a big passion for this if you're putting this website together. 
and I, I look at his own translation, and what really caught my attention, which I have never seen outside of fandom, was he has a blanket permission statement in his work. Like at the beginning, it says you can distribute this as you'd like. You can make edits to it, change it to whatever you'd like. Basically, anything goes as long as it's not commercial. So like as long as you're not making money, go for it. And I have never seen anything like that outside of fandom ever. I was like, this is a blanket permission statement. Like I can't interpret this any other way. This is a blanket permission statement. So I was like, I could make a pop fic of this then. Like there's nothing stopping me to make it. Like this is a published work and I could make the pop fic because there's a blanket permission statement. And I was like, well, I'm going to. <laughs> the end. Found <laughs> I would like to then. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm just going to go for it then. I want to make the Odyssey pop fic. Let's do it. So I was really excited about it. I recorded the first chapter. I was very excited. And then I was looking closer at it. And just like the – I think that the style of it lent itself very well to a multi-voice project. So I was like, uh, maybe I'm in this one Discord called Podfichat that is all the Podfic – where a bunch of Podfickers, you know, come together and discuss how to use Audacity. Like you can get – there's a lot of resources on how to do Podfic there. So if you're looking into learning how, that is an amazing resource. Everyone on there is so friendly. They'll help you. If you need a beta reader or beta listener, they will listen to your work for you. If you ask, like, you, yeah, you can, like, you can find anything on there. There's, like, very detailed step-by-step -step instructions on how to do stuff. So it's a fantastic Discord. And there's one channel called Multivoice. And you can, like, ping people and say, you know, Multivoice, anyone who's chosen that role, are you interested in doing this? And I thought, well, it would be really, really cool to do a multi-voice of this. It'd be a really big project, but, like, maybe people would be interested. So I I asked, and there was a decent amount of interest. And I was like, okay, well, let's do it. <laughs> and so I made, a, I made my own Discord server, which I've never done before. And I invited people on, and I made, like, roles for if you want to help actually orchestrate this, because there's a lot going on. So Because I don't think I could do this all by myself without any help. I really couldn't. And so I, this was all like dependent on how interested people were. It seems like it's going pretty well. I had someone help me make up a schedule and someone is interested in making music. That's something that just happened where they offered to make original music for it. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, absolutely blew me away. I was like, that is fantastic. And it's it's so cool, like just the fandom community, the, this this whole thing, like there was a previous huge multi-voice project that happened in the Good Omens fandom. They made like an extra work on AO3 that has a bunch of resources for how they made this happen. So it's like a detailed step-by-step -step of how to organize a huge multi-voice because they wanted to help other people in the future do what they had managed to do, which is so cool. It's so, so cool that they had put that together. And so I had some guidance there looking through their stuff right now we're doing auditions which is not a normal thing for multi-voices like usually it's like sign up for whatever part you want and just send it in but we are being intense and just holding auditions to fill the biggest roles and then we're going to have everyone else come in and sign up for whatever they want yeah it's very ambitious <laughs> for sure but it's it's been going i'm surprised how well it's been going this is amazing i love the collaborative energy of this project yes it's not just yes. something you're sitting around doing on your own although that would be very cool too but you're pulling in all of these people 
and you are essentially learning how to spearhead and showrun a project. Yes, it's insane. <laughs> oh my God. This is amazing because like, you know, from an old person's perspective, I'm thinking to myself, the skills that you are teaching yourself here will translate to so many other parts of your life in the future. You have no idea. You know, like <laughs> the way that you'll be able to talk about this project in professional settings moving forward and being like, here's something that I accomplished and did. Like I learned this skill, this skill, this skill, leadership skills. Yeah. All of a sudden it's like me with leadership skills. Are you joking? Yes. <laughs> yes. You know, and as I'm sitting here, like I'm just amazed because like going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show, you know, kind of where you started and now where you are three years ago. Can you imagine? Can you imagine show running something like this? Never. It, it's absolutely mind boggling how much I have changed. And it's, is this all due to fandom? It really is. How much fandom has helped me on a personal level is mind boggling. It's crazy. And I never would have thought that I would I would be running something like this, like perhaps participating, but to be the one who started it and is like, yes, I would like to do this. Anyone else interested? <laughs> Come help me. Just absolutely wild. Yeah, wild in like the most sweet way possible. I tell people that when we're willing to sit with our fears and when we're willing to push past them, even if it takes us a really long time, even if it takes us years of effort, the rewards that are waiting for us on the other side of that fear, you have no idea. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you have no idea. You could never have imagined three years ago that this would be your life today, that this would be what you are doing. And I, I feel like the same is true for so many people that push past that fear and you have no idea what's coming. Yeah, you have no idea. Yeah. And it's interesting to me that things that will sometimes just come to you that you could never have imagined. It's magic. It really is magic. It really is. That's amazing. Okay. So once you uh, like actually do the production of the project and everything, are you planning on like posting it up to AO3? Are you posting it up somewhere else? Where would we be able to find this when it's well, all I was definitely ready? planning on posting it on AO3, possibly not under my main account, like on, on, on under a new pseudonym. And then I would like credit myself just because I don't know if I want it next to my fan works. <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't know. I like think the Odyssey next to my Johari window smut. I don't know. So, but it <laughs> it's like, so maybe on its own, under its own pseudonym specifically for the Odyssey. You mentioned possibly making it into, like actually making it into a radio drama, like an audio drama. And I hadn't even cons like considered it. And I'm very curious to see how much it'll grow if like we want to, because I know some people post their podfix to like Spotify and YouTube and stuff. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. And, and I've made like a little on my Discord, a little PR team of like anyone who's interested in, in that and wants to help with that, like sign up for this role and help. And a few people have. And I kind of want to discuss it with them, be like, what do you guys think of posting this to other places? Get more input. And it's I already have like there's 40 people on on it. So there's a lot of people who are interested in this project. We've garnered some like classic nerds, too, which is exciting people who really love ancient Greek writings and stuff. And like, so it's, it's, it's really, it's so cool. Oh man, you have pulled the right people together. That's I have, amazing. I found them. <laughs> We've all congregated and hopefully, I'm really hoping this will grow more. Like I, I even like, when I first put up the roles, I called it the project organization teams. And I made 
like roles that you could take and then the channels are locked to if you want that role so that people aren't like getting bombarded with notifications. So it's like whoever wants to help organize this is so welcome to like, please come and help me. I can't do this by myself. And I think the more collaborative this ends up being, the better it's going to be, the more intense it's going to be, the more amazing it's going to be. So I, I'm really excited that so many people are willing to help me organize this. And this is like a very long-term project. Like the um, schedule, we made a, like a, a full schedule for when we plan on all of this happening. And it's not even going to start getting posted until June. And it's going to be posted weekly there. So it's not going to end until November. So like we have a very long time ahead of us of working on this. So I'm I'm really excited to see how much it grows in the meantime. Yes. Yes, I too am excited to see what it ends up being. That's amazing. So people will have to keep up with you and check in from time to time to see what's going on. And when it starts posting, that's going to be so exciting. So exciting and how amazing. I'm just so blown away and floored by how collaborative a place fandom can be. And I love that people take their unique talents and their unique knowledge of the world, you know, like yes. different interests people have and stuff. And they just, oh my God. The person who like is willing to make music for this, it's like yes. the people who who maybe grew up and like they aren't using their, like music has maybe been their passion their entire life, but it's not what they ended up doing for a job. And like, this is where they're putting that energy. They haven't given up on that love. And this is where they're willing to um, explore it and put it out there. And it's amazing. Like I have like one person is Serena EW. I wanted to mention she's the one who mentioned you've you've actually I like talked to her about it and I looked her up on Tumblr and I was like, you've been interviewed by the fanfic Maverick. That's so cool. I've like I've listened to some of those podcast episodes and she was like, you should reach out. I was like, really? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you positive about that? I'm not so sure. And then I was like, I don't know if I have enough workout to do that. And I was like, Rambling Company, you have 15 works out on, <laughs> like, you you did a 20-hour podfic. Yes, you can, in fact, reach out if you'd like. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you did because, like, yes, I like, it's fascinating. The things that people do, I love hearing people talk about what they're the most passionate about. Like, there's just something so beautiful and amazing about that. When you can just hear somebody just with so much love in their voice talking about what they're doing. It's absolutely the mm. best thing is when someone is so passionate and has so much love for something. Like, no matter what it is they're talking about, I'm interested if, if they're that passionate about it. It's like, absolutely. Exactly. You know, and I think it makes the world a better place. So um, I am so excited to see what y'all come up with. That's going to be so cool. So we are coming to the end of our time today, but I did want to leave a few minutes here to ask if there are any other either fan fiction writers or podfickers that you'd like to shout out on the show. So the ones I would like to shout out are, I am very a very varied person who reads in at least like 20 different fandoms. Like I've I've been around a while. I read in a lot of things. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I do. And the people I wanted to shout out are like, I wanted to shout out Penny Plainnitz because she's still doing podfick to this day and she's what like first got me in, into this whole thing. I've actually ran across her by chance recently in the Stranger Things fandom. I was listening to a Stranger Things podfic and I was like, I recognize this voice. <laughs> and I realized, <laughs> oh my God, this is like the first Inception podfic I ever listened to was by this person. So 
absolutely yeah by chance i was just like <laughs> yo i love you <laughs> that's so cool yeah so amazing i love i love their um their pothix serena ew for telling me to do this for suggesting it katana for being my pothic friend she's like my first pothic friend that i that i made and still regularly talk to absolutely like amazing <laughs> a helpful person and obviously the fanfics that i'm most inspired by that i'm actually making podfix for you know jabberish mistakes on mistakes until and if you are interested at all in the batman fandom in the robins absolutely check out i've been bamboozled brain witch letty is their name there who wrote johari window absolutely love their work and yeah that's that's who i would probably shout out awesome thank you so much for those we'll make sure to get links up on the show notes rambling company thank you so much for taking the time today to come on and join us and we just had this amazing conversation today. I had so much fun. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. This was amazing. I absolutely love talking about fan fiction and I never get a chance to in my real life. So this is absolutely amazing. Ah, I love it. Check out her works on AO3 and give her some love. You can find the Fanfic Maverick online at fanficmaverickpodcast.com, on Tumblr at fanficmaverickpodcast, on Instagram and Twitter at fanficmaverick, and I can always be reached at fanficmaverick at gmail.com. Thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, and I will see you next episode. In the meantime, keep on rolling.